Welcome to the Planet K2 Performance Fix podcast. My name is Adam and I'm going to be your host for this series. This is a really exciting time for us because this is our first ever podcast series and we're going to be talking to a number of people within the world of business and elite sport and helping you to perform better and more consistently. Our mission is to help the world think, prepare and perform like elite athletes and we feel that our podcasts are a great platform for starting this. I'm going to introduce you to one of our human performance experts here at Planet K2, Chris Schrambrook. Welcome, Chris. How are you? Adam, very well, thank you. Very well indeed. Good. Brilliant. Do you want me to call you sir, professor, doctor? You know, what's the best way? Oh, uh, no. Chris is, Chris is fine, Adam. I think the, uh, the, 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 the titles are good, but I just prefer to be Chris and then sort of, you know, see if I can earn the right for people to think that I might have something worthwhile to, you know, <laughs> that I'm sharing. Okay. Awesome. Brilliant. So, I thought we'd start. If you could just tell everyone a bit about yourself and also a bit about Planet K2. Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, a little, little bit about me. So I guess my bias for this podcast, everything that you're going to hear comes from my background of working in high-performance sport for the last 20 years, primarily in a, in a role of working on psychology, um, helping high-performing athletes from a variety of sports uh, make sure that they're performing to their peak because, you know, they've absolutely got... Uh, the mindset has been taken care of as thoroughly as as their bodies and their techniques. So I've, I've predominantly done that work with the British rowing team, but have experience over a, a variety of elite sports as well. And then for the last 15 years here at Planet K2 as well, working with taking those same principles of um, high performance sport, particularly psychology, but also sort of energy management and outlook to being a high performer. We've taken those principles to help the world think, prepare and perform like elite athletes so you know that that is us at planet k2 we're a bunch of human performance experts who are passionate about helping people know um, and be able to apply what elite athletes and elite coaches use on a day-to-day basis to help them deliver the kind of outstanding performances you see at the olympic games or in major championships and um, uh, planet k2 have, have worked really hard to take a lot of those messages, make them really simple and give people very accessible ways of getting the same impact for, the, for their own performance, whether that be personal performance, team performance within their uh, the culture of their business. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, really uh, uh, focused stuff for us in the business to see if we can add value to people who are really brilliant at what they do in the business world by using, you know, those same principles that, that are used in the world of sport. And um, I guess we've been up and running since 2003 and we've had great fun working with a huge amount of different diverse customers in a lot of different business sectors all around the world. And, um, and we continue to try and do that in more and more places online as well as face to face. Awesome. You answered my question. I was going to ask about the online world. So you've, you've already answered that. And that was, um, that was really interesting. And, um, you know, I'm sure people will be interested to learn more about your, your approach to, to different things, but also other members of the team as well. Um, so what I want to do is introduce everyone to this, um, this month's topic, um, which is team performance. And I thought it'd be interesting to start by getting your sort of your approach or your or your, your theory um, or your viewpoint on team performance or the Planet K2 sort of viewpoint on team performance? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a good starting point, I think, because there's so much that is written and talked about teams. And, you know, as, as I said, with everything that we do, we try and really simplify. So if, if I go through the principles that pretty much everything that we do at Planet K2, you will get us coming back to the concept of performance readiness. So being performance ready 
making sure you've got all the ingredients in place that will allow you to do the things that you need to do to get the results that you want within your chosen performance environment. So that performance readiness piece sits at the heart of our approach to team performance as well. But I, I, I guess more rightly, we'd be thinking about collective performance and one version of collective performance is team performance. And so we'd be thinking there from a team performance that is what is a group of people who are dependent upon each other to deliver success? How are they working effectively to ensure that there are as many of the ingredients in place for them as a team that they can draw upon to do the things that they need to do to collectively to deliver a process of performing that will help them have the best chance of getting their results. So if we keep thinking performance readiness, we keep thinking about collective performance, and then with a team, we're thinking about where there is really clear demonstrated evidence that there is dependency, interdependency, and all moving parts of the team need each other. And that's that's when we'll really get into the team stuff, when there is that clear evidence that you know you, you can't deliver the overall result without that real detailed interplay between the members of the team in exactly the same way that with my background from a rowing point of view a crew is the best example of a team where there is absolute necessity for everyone to be signed up to the same thing thinking in the same way because each person has got to produce the stroke within the most similar pattern and that stroke has got to be applied with the collective power to then produce the overall race plan that the crew have signed up to deliver for each of the strokes down the 2000 meter course. So that huge interdependence, no weak links, everyone signed up to the same picture. And, and that would be our purest form of team. And then we'd be working as that, you know, from that basis to help people understand what's your version of a team and how do you maximize your readiness to perform collectively. And in terms of you know, your experience of working in sports, what have you learned about team, team performance from sport, which you've been able to sort of transfer in and teach people within the working world or, or even business sector? I, I think one of the most obvious things that often gets missed is that because the world of sport practices much more than it competes, rather than the business world, which competes huge amounts and, and gets relatively little chance to practice, the world of sport with that practice ethos you are actually pretty much every day getting to practice being a team. You practice the communication. You practice signing up to the same mindset. You practice executing something together. You practice what it takes for each person to give up something to give space to someone else. You, you know, you get this regular chance to work on the dynamics that it takes to get people working together in a whole system you practice that all the time and you are also technical experts in the requirements of that particular sport. So, yes, you'll also work on developing your technical expertise, but you're working on doing that collectively. And I think that's the big thing that we we're able to pass on in the business world is really getting the business world to think, you know, do you practice in a way that allows you to get better at being a team? We know you're experts in your in your areas and your roles on the team. How much time are you spending practicing joining up all of that expertise, transferring information, connecting it and making sure that's being done with the same shared picture of success in mind and, and the discipline of being a team? I think that's the thing that we recognize as the most important thing to stay so that, that we're able to bring into the business environment. 
because there's huge technical expertise, but there is very little work which is done to consistently challenge us to say, are we getting better at performing together, performing collectively? Brilliant. Thank you, Chris. That was a, that was a great start. Um, so what we've done is we, we've opened this up and a few people um, I know have asked us some questions on team performance. And I hope you're OK with me um, asking those questions. Um, that's, of, that, that's, that's fine. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit put off by the amount of surprise in your voice that it was a great start, but we'll see if we can build from it anyway. <laughs> so first question, um, what simple things could a team leader do to help their team learn and improve and develop an improvement mindset? Um, I, I think simple things that leaders can do. I, I, first and foremost, I would start saying that the leader regularly sharing messages that it is not just the leader's job to make this a better team. Okay, so I think I think inherent in that question is a sense that okay, the leader is the person who is going to tell everyone else what to do to make the team better. The thing the leader can do most consistently is keep reminding everyone, hey, we're a team. Everyone's got their role to play here in, in helping us fulfill our potential as a team. Everyone's got an observation from their position on the team. Everyone's got an opportunity to share their reactions to what is happening and provide coaching and input. And it's everyone's responsibility on the team to be focused on keeping the story going about uh, what we're doing to make ourselves a better team on a day-to-day -day basis so that that for me would be the the first thing and that and that's going to require you know just constantly setting that foundation and reminding people we are a team we're all responsible for working on team performance together this isn't something that we abdicate responsibility to only the leader um, so regularly asking what's coming up that you can do from your position on the team that's going to help us work better together what have you recently done from your position that has helped us be more effective collectively what else have you seen other people doing that you've really benefited from and that you really want to call out and say let's do more of that because it's helped the effectiveness of collective performance so, so i think before we get into anything else that might sound really clever it's actually getting the mindset of the team set up in this way and then the leader being the person who is the energy to keep reminding about you know, what are we doing collectively to keep getting better? So, you know, they're the energy, they're the catalyst. And, and that, I think, that's something that I've learned from the, from the coaches in the world of high-performance sport as well. They are the ones who are always the energy starter for keeping the conversations going that everyone has to be contributing to. And does, does team culture play a big role within this? Yeah, I, th I think, I think team, team culture starts to develop and starts to generate um, once you've got kind of got those building blocks in place in terms of why does the team exist? Um, how are we defining our success? What are the measures of success that we're signing up to that, that give us a sense that both we're growing as a team, but we're executing successfully as a team? And then the culture comes from, well, you know, given why we exist and given what the success is that we're wanting to achieve, we're then starting to think about, well, how do we do that? What's our day to day mindset? What's our belief system that we bring to life through our behaviours and our choices and our actions every day? So that those those um, guiding principles of behaviour and attitude on a day-to-day -day basis are the way in which a team creates its culture and everyone is responsible for that culture um, and, and playing their part in living the attitudes, living the behaviours and knowing that the way in which they're doing that 
is contributing to the overall success, but it is also helping cement the culture and that feeling of togetherness in place. And in in relation to an improvement mindset, do you see that a lot within the business world or is it focused a lot more on you know people's weaknesses and, and where they're going wrong? Um, yeah, so from an improvement mindset point of view, I, I think most business teams will be focused primarily on getting feedback that we're improving by looking only at results. And so so very outcome focused, you know, are the numbers telling us that we're improving? And, and depending upon the environment that you're performing in, numbers might be improving, but you actually might be becoming more dysfunctional as a team. So if you only ever look at just the outputs and you draw your conclusions about team effectiveness, you've got a very limited improvement feedback system. So that's where you have to be thinking about this is improvement in, in the causality of results and not just the ability to read results. And I think that's you know, there's, there's more teams in the commercial world who are better at talking about the results that have been delivered than they are about understanding the improvements that they have made, which has given them greater control over knowing how those particular results were, were brought about. So I would definitely say commercial space, there are great examples where teams are working on, you know, um, getting feedback that they're improving their speed of communication, their sort of clarity of single thought that is being shared across the team, the support and challenge and quality of feedback that is being provided from team member to team member. That's the improvement mindset that we know supports the obsession with the the result and the desire to see the numbers moving in the right direction. And when you've got equal obsession from a team about both of those things and then the connection between them, then you've got a real improvement mindset that will take you to, without doubt, the whole being greater than the sum of the parts. One thing I'm interested in knowing from, from your experience and sort of your knowledge, if there was one sort of key thing a team leader or manager could be doing every you know, day, week or month to, to motivate a team, what would that be? Yeah. So again, again you know, if, if you think about it, I think that would be a typical question that comes from a leadership community that isn't thinking about that shared responsibility for performance and results. So what, what one thing could a leader do each day, each week, each month to motivate the team? You know, it's not again, it's not the leader's job to motivate the team. It is the leader's job to create an environment within which the team is constantly doing the right things to end up with high quality motivation collectively and everyone again contributing to that quality of motivation. So again, the leader probably would be ensuring that within their team, there is a huge understanding of everyone about what contributes to great quality motivation for that team. So the the leader would be reminding the team and playing their part in helping the team focus on the things they're most in control of and and have greater sense of freedom and choice and autonomy within. So that's your first building block. So a team that feels it's choosing where it's focusing its energy and it's focused on all the things it's in control of, motivation is going to start, you know, becoming consistently higher but more stable. The leader would also be making sure there are regular conversations between everyone around sources of confidence and, and, and evidence for why we're getting better and how we're improving and why we've got the right talent on the team and how well we're using our strengths. So combine a leader, a leader's conversations that's stimulating people to focus on adding confidence to a sense of control. Now they're doing something else from a motivation perspective. And, and then back to the first point earlier, 
the leader regularly reminding and, and sort of allowing the team to sort of keep coming back to, hold on, why do we exist? What's the shared purpose? How well are we actually sort of working together to demonstrate that we're all signed up for this shared purpose? That final bit, you know, a sense of connectedness being sort of, you know, constantly talked about, assessed, decisions made about how to improve quality of connection between the individual members of the team to, to, to link together. Now, now you've got a leader who's doing a superb job of creating an environment within which the ingredients of control, confidence and connectedness are uh, absolutely playing their part uh, to make sure motivation is of high quality and very sustained. Because we know from self-determination theory, those three components are essential to creating motivation. And again, it's everyone's responsibility on the team to contribute to that a leader does not motivate. In fact, most leaders who are superb are much better at not demotivating than they are at demotivating. They are singularly brilliant at not reducing a sense of control. They don't undermine confidence and they, um, they don't do things to isolate members of the team or make the team have silos within it. And they're very, very mindful of that. And I'm interested in terms of this around motivation because I think there'll be quite a few people listening thinking, you know, I, I need to motivate my sort of my team or, you know, I, I think that I need to be motivated. Um, and you're saying, you know, we've got to create this sort of environment. Um, so what's your sort of views? I'm interested to learn more, a bit, bit more, understand a bit more around that motivation. You know, why do you think that we don't have to motivate people? Yeah, I, I think it's create activities that are going to keep people focused on um, knowing the right things, um, their mind being in absolutely the right place to draw on the right information. That as a result of it, I'm more likely to have a sense of, you know, I'm, I'm going to have a better quality of motivation. So, you know, the leaders would be making sure that, you know, on a regular basis, you know, as a, as a team, you're having conversations in terms of, right, what's coming up? What's on our agenda? What, what, what's distracting us that we, you know, we might be wasting energy on and losing a sense of control? What are the things that are really important that we do take control over? And who's, who's going to be leading us on sort of, you know, being fully in control of this particular process or this particular mindset that we're going to be having? So, you know, regularly having those conversations that, that allow the team to tune back in with control that they want and control that they're going to take again leader stimulating conversations about right what's going well for us at the moment which strengths have we demonstrated that we've strengthened as a team over the course of the last couple of weeks individually who stepped up and brought something else in which is giving us a sense that we've got more intelligence and confidence to play our performance even better as a team now and and then you know all of that being done against these regular conversations which are evaluating right how well are we tracking against our our, our overall purpose and and the measures of success that we're working on as a team and, and 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 keep keep those conversations alive that's that that's the the specific stuff that i think is is important for people to be thinking about so you're doing things that keep people tuned into the motivational ingredients getting them updated staying proactive with them rather than waiting for things to start going missing before you start doing something about it yeah so you don't wait to lose control and, and have confidence start waning and for people to start feeling isolated before you start working on these things you just keep them part of the rhythm of the team and constantly focusing in on them and i think that's a really interesting approach which you know people can definitely take some some great lessons away from sort of a lot of what you've what you've just said and you know hopefully 
you know practically use it within within whatever environment they're working so what's the main differences that you see between team performance preparation in sport and business um I think, as I alluded to earlier, you know, sport has the luxury of preparing so much and having preparation time built on and, and competing relatively little. But I, I think just in terms of if, if I focus just on the competition bit of sport, because that relates most closely to what people in the business world deliver every day, there's just more discipline around those competition days. There are absolutely set rhythms, set routines you know, the team will know its approach of, you know, ha- how it goes about each moment of the day collectively to get to the point that when you are together, you are, you know, you're going, the, the, the whistle has blown or the, the, the gun has started the race. You know that you are going into that performance moment with an absolute, the best chance of having um, the mindset most cohesively connected You've got clarity over the game plan, absolute role clarity for each performer in terms of what they need to contribute from their place on the team. There's real discipline about going over those basic principles. And even though it's been done many, many times before, it's saying this is the next time. This is our next opportunity to do it better than we've done it before. And so they have that chance to do the discipline of that. Contrast that with the business world where there's far more of those moments happening far more quickly you know, people are sort of that they're, they're performing as a team without necessarily getting the clarity of preparation as a team. So you're relying much more on the the mindset staying clear and consistent rather than making sure that it absolutely is. You're relying far more on people updating their version of what their role is for this moment compared to what it was two days ago. There tends to be a lot more reliance on that rather than making sure that it is absolutely known and 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 everyone on the team has that same sense of readiness together for every critical performance moment and 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 i think the key bit there is that you know the world of sport knows that performance is a combination of preparing delivering and then reviewing and learning and i think if if the if the business world could think about what what is our version of that for every moment where we know we've got to deliver there's got to be preparation and evaluation is wrapped into that that is performance preparation isn't a luxury evaluation isn't something you do if you've got time you try and get a a much more contained view of performance um that again sport has the luxury that the environment makes it easier to do that but there's no reason why from a business perspective you can't create your own version of that prepare perform review uh, cycle for a team and you get very skillful at it and do it very efficiently could you give an example of sort of that prepare and perform review within sort of maybe something you've done within the business world? I think it's a really interesting sort of area, especially even, even within even within a team meeting, Adam. I think you know there is a version of that where you've got a team agenda, and that a team agenda is going to be a sort of a three-hour meeting. So that the prepare piece is yes, everyone's been given materials before you turn up for the start of the meeting at the at the uh, assigned hour. But for the first twenty minutes of that meeting, that is the prepare. That is getting the team in the mindset of what is success for this particular meeting. What role is everyone playing and what, what, what are we expecting of ourselves and each other in terms of making a success of the different agenda items that we've got. But actually just taking the time 
to focus in on this meeting, success for this meeting, and how the team is going to work together to do what it needs to do. You then get into the body of the meeting and you work through the agenda with the different experts stepping up and playing their role, the other members of the team using the mindset that, you, that they've signed up to in terms of how we challenge, support, how we use different perspectives. You, 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 you get into that familiar space of getting the benefit of the different experts who are signed up to the same goal around the table. And then maybe for the last 20 minutes, you get into the warm down and the review. And having done the bulk of the agenda, you, you're then in there and you're kind of going, right, let's just quickly evaluate how well did we deliver on what we said we needed to deliver for the meeting? What contributed to that success? What are we going to take forward? What have we done that is now pretty much within our DNA as a team? Right. And now having done that evaluation, just what are the, some of the things that we need to go get clear in our minds so that when we leave this meeting room, the team are going to be bringing to life the output of this meeting with great conviction, great consistency, and we know that there is a, a real requirement to do it because we know the impact it's going to have on our future success. That, for me, would be the clearest, quickest example of building in prepare, perform, review into a, a, a team rhythm. Oh, brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. It's, it's a really interesting sort of insight into you know a real and sort of human practical example. So, you know, I've had a, another question from someone who, who's interested in sort of looking at the the sport and business world. So they're wondering, are there any examples out there of teams that are working really, really well together? Um, and what do you think sets them apart? Um, I, th I think it's really, really easy to do what everyone does. And they look for all the teams that are being successful and winning things. And they then, they then pick out. You know, um, so that you know, everyone at the moment wants to be the all the New Zealand All Blacks, and everyone thinks that by having a principle on your team of having no dickheads is a really high performance thing to do. And say, so, marvelous, everyone, but you're missing the point here because there's loads of teams out there who are doing really good stuff. Not all of them are getting the results, but they are performing really well as a team, and they're getting the most out of their um, out of the talent they've got available to them. And 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 even though we might look for these nice sort of, you know, uh, shiny phrases that we can pick up on. The thing that all of those teams do that are performing well and some of whom are getting great results as well, they take the time to work out what their version is of the All Blacks, however many behaviours they've signed up for. They don't just copy the All Blacks things. They go, right, what is our, what's our challenge? What are we trying to achieve and how are we best going to use the talent, knowledge, skill and experience that we have collectively? How are we going to harness that and how are we going to create a framework of human behavior and human interaction that is going to glue together our brilliance? And that is the thing that is similar across all of the high performing teams in sport and in business. But we just try and shortcut it by saying because someone's won, they must be doing it right. So we should copy them. And, and, and we're copying the wrong thing. You've got to find out and you've got to commit with the same passion to matching them in their determination to find their recipe for their team. If you can match them on that, then you start getting the benefit of, of what they know about what it takes to be a high-performing team. You don't do it by becoming a brilliant magpie of collecting marvellous one-liners from all the great teams that have existed in sport and in the business world over history. I really like that sort of idea of finding your own recipe. And it, and it takes a lot of confidence to actually do that and say, we're going to be as good at finding our way as someone else has obviously demonstrated mm. they've been in their chosen field of play. And you know, that's why the kind of confidence ingredient is so important, that who better than you to work out your recipe?
and, and, and if you've got the right blend of desire and commitment there, you know, you will work it out. No, most definitely. And Chris, I, I think, you know, unfortunately our time is up, um, which is sad because it's been absolutely brilliant. Um, and I, I think our first podcast has gone pretty well. Yeah, for, yeah, really, very good, good, enjoyable conversation, and, and and great to have the space and the time to get you know some of those core ways in which we see the high performance world across, Adam. So uh, thank you very much for the questions. No, and you know I hope everyone listening has been able to you know take away some really important you know practical tips and, and advice, and hopefully use it within you know whatever environment um, that you work. So Chris, I know there might be a lot of people that, that might want to sort of go away from this and, and learn a bit more. Is there anywhere? else or sort of anywhere online that people could access a bit more information that you would suggest going to well it would it would be completely remiss of me adam not to mention um the performance room.co.uk and we we definitely there's a lot of the open access information that we've got on there about high performance individually and collectively that you know if if you you go on there you sort of you know hit, hit on the magnifying glass icon stick in a search for team or team performance um, then there'll be a whole bunch of stuff that comes up. Um, and then if you sign up and go in, you'll be able to sort of find your way around that information even quicker. So, we, you know, we'd, we'd encourage you to go there, sign up, have a look around. Um, great stuff there to, to build on, which is absolutely bringing to life the, 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 the spirit and philosophy of everything I've just been talking about. Chris, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for your incredible insight. That's your performance fix. We'll see you next time.